welcome to CCS Convo, the podcast for EV lovers and the EV curious. Join Nick and Louise every fortnight as we discuss the latest news in electric vehicles and look at some of the electric vehicles that are currently available. You can find out more by visiting rps-dm.co.uk forward slash ccs-convo. review series of bonus episodes. I'm Nick Smith, host of the CCS Convo Electric Vehicle Podcast. Louise sits to my right, ready to say hello. And to take over, because this one's all about me. Indeed, carry on. (laughs) So, as we've said, we've been, over the last couple of months, we've been driving lots of different cars, some at events, some at other places. So, Nick, we're going to be talking about one of your heroes. Indeed. I showed you my diary, didn't I, uh, for did. this? And I actually had the test drive booking in my diary down as meet my hero. <laughs> so, do you want to tell us who your hero is? Or shall I tell everyone? Well, my hero currently resides at a Mercedes-Benz dealership. But it is not a Mercedes-Benz. It is a Mercedes. You can't say that. Or Evolvedes. <laughs> you can't say that either. <laughs> it is a joint venture between Mercedes-Benz and Geely, who own Volvo. The rest of us call them smart. It's smart, which has been relaunched as a trendy urban car brand. So kind of what it was, but no longer the size of a postage stamp and absolutely bonkers. It's now the size of a Kona and absolutely bonkers instead. <laughs> Which one did you drive? I drove the second specification in the range, which is the Passion, something like that. Yeah. Um, it oh, was. This is the Project One, by the way. This is a smart hashtag One Project One, depending on who you listen to. According to all the publications, it was a hashtag One. According to the salesman that you met and told <laughs> me that there was the cars available to drive, it's the Project One. I kind of cringe at hashtag one but like it so I'm going to carry on calling it that <laughs> um, the one that I drove was the 273 uh, mile um, uh, 272 brake horsepower single motor rear drive version of the car there is a 260 horsepower sorry 260 mile 408 horsepower dual motor Brabus version which just bonkers Bonkers madness. I've not driven it yet. I've not driven it yet, but one of us will drive it and then the other one will go, no fair, I want to drive it and go there. So this is the first car that we've reviewed that is an electric car that is rear-wheel drive. Yeah, you're right. It is, yeah. It's the first rear-drive electric car, yeah. Which um, could pose a problem in the winter, particularly with 272 horsepower and electric vehicle torque. Yeah, my <laughs> um, guessing would be that if one of these came into my life as soon as the winter started, I'd be going down B&Q for the typical BMW handling pack. 
of <laughs> several bags of gravel to stick in the boot. <laughs> okay, so before we get to the snows, mm. tell us about how it drives. Amazing. Okay. That's it. Wrap up the episode. <laughs> right. Um, so score out of ten. Score out of ten for the drive. Nine. Nine and a half. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that's a little bit of an easy. It is the most powerful electric vehicle I have so far driven at 272 horsepower. It comes with a additional Hyundai i10 over and above what Eva's got under the bonnet. Which is just craziness. Yeah. Um, the rear wheel drive means that the steering is more responsive, but also slightly lighter. Right, okay. Because the tyres aren't working on two things at once, accelerating the car and turning the car. Yeah. Front tyres concentrate on turning, rear tyres concentrate on speed. Um, so it, it it makes it a little bit simpler and a little bit lighter. Um, the performance is definitely there. We're talking a, around 7 seconds naught to 60 in the single motor version. The dual motor version, the Brabus, is faster naught to 60 than a Mercedes AMG GT3 car. Which I will go and drive one of those <laughs> and make you jealous. Um, ride, pretty good. Bear in mind, it, it's got some big old discs on the side of it. It's got the, the wheels are huge. Yeah. They're like 19 inches as standard and not exactly high-profile tyres. Uh, so there's not a lot of bounce in the sidewall, but that's very well cushioned by the suspension. It doesn't feel as heavy as either does. Despite the fact they can be broadly similar ways. Yeah. Um, so did notice how long the bonnet felt when I was driving it, though. Right. Yeah. It feels longer at the front than either. Okay. But great fun. <laughs> so we've had a score for drive. What about for quality and the look and feel inside? 97 out of 10. Can't have 97 <laughs> out of 10. The maths teacher in me is hurt by this. Can't have it. It's you can have 9.7. <laughs> you, can, you can tell it is influenced by Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, there are some hard plastics in there, but they are hard plastics in a premium way. Right. They are the hard plastic feel of a iPhone, for yeah. example. Which uh, is glass. Yes, but before they went to glass at the back, they were a plastic back. They were. Yeah, uh, but that never felt cheap with the plastic back. It felt premium. Yeah. yeah. It is... It's that sort of hard plastic. Seems like it might be quite durable as well. Okay. Um, which, in both of our lines of work, is quite <laughs> important, actually. Um the one thing I will say is the interior environment is compromised in two ways. One is by quite a cartoony GUI, uh, graphical user interface. Yeah. Uh, is quite cartoony, is going to take a little while to figure out, and in true Tesla style, is dominated by a big old touchscreen TV in the middle of the, uh, in the, middle of the dashboard. And I, I'm, I am a devotee of the button. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, but that's because you sometimes are a Luddite. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing is, it is a car that does like to talk. Well, so do you, Nick, so you must love it. No, because I don't like it when it contradicts me. And there's <laughs> bings and there's bongs and there's wangs and there's... It's, it's like a drum and bass track driving this thing down the motorway. It's trying to correct you of all the things that it thinks you're doing wrong when you're not. 
And as a driving instructor, that must make you feel quite sad. As a driving instructor, it made me feel like putting my fist through the screen at one point, to be honest. When it was expensive hurt. When it was convinced I was drifting lanes when I wasn't, it was a crack <laughs> in the road. Convinced that I was too close to the vehicle in front when I wasn't, I was maintaining a three second gap when you require two in those conditions. And was convinced of something else I was doing wrong as well. And it is it was like the bloody dawn chorus going off in the dashboard. But there's gonna be a way to turn them off. There's got to be a way to turn them off, even if it's Yank the bloody fuse. And listeners, what you can't see is that Nick has gone very red in the face over this. <laughs> he's very passionate about the car, not telling him he's driving badly. He yeah. clearly needs to drive a Yaris, which tells you you have an excellent driving style. No, thank you. I'll leave you to drive the Yaris. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. So, back to numbers. So, number for practicality. Boot's not massive. Frunk is pathetic. Um, no, seriously, the front can't even fit the charging cable in it. It was half full with a bag of nuts. Uh, and I'm not talking KP nuts, I'm talking, you know, the wheel nuts they take off when they put the locking wheel nuts on? <laughs> right, okay, um, so that's, that's insufficient. <laughs> it is a very dinky frunk. Um, <laughs> and that's a phrase that a year ago we did not know existed. <laughs> Indeed. Um, storage around the car pretty good okay i'd say it's not quite as good as the voxel in terms of practicality and i gave the voxel an eight didn't i you did so i'm gonna have to give it a seven for practicality right but to introduce a new score to it lovability 10 okay we're not taking lovability because we've not considered it in our other reviews so finally if eva decided that actually you weren't for her anymore and divorced you, would you buy a Project One? To quote Juliet Capulet, yes, yes, a thousand times yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be torn between the the model that I drove and the Brabus. And then when I pictured the senior examiner's face first time I turned up to a test centre in the Brabus, I'd save the money and buy the cheaper one. <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? Driving tests. Mm. Are there any limitations on the Project One in a driving test? Yes, a couple. One, the headlight controls are ridiculous in my opinion. Okay, um, where are the headlights? Well, on every other car that you've driven and I've driven, it's either a twisty knob on the dashboard by your right knee or a twisty on the end of the, li uh, the light stalk, yeah? The indicator stalk. No, and you wouldn't know because every car that you've driven Mine has had automatic headlights. So <laughs> the only one you've ever actually turned the headlights on is my car and I told you how to do that. Right, okay. Um, in this, down by your right knee, there's a panel of, of buttons, each one being a different light, side light, dip beam, etc., etc. Okay. The problem is for the driving test question of when it is safe to do so, please show me how you would turn on your dip beam headlights. The learner doesn't know, grab the end of that and twist it all the way forward. The learner has to know that you want top row of buttons, second one in from the left, press that, and then press it again to turn it off. Mm, that sounds complicated. Yeah. The other thing is, there's another question, which is a tell me question at the start of the test. Please open the bonnet and tell me how you check your vehicle has sufficient hydraulic brake fluid. Yep. And for that, you need a screwdriver. Um, because it's hidden it behind... 
How? Okay. Hidden well. behind a trim piece. Right. This now. sounds like poor planning. The screen wash has got one of them, you know, the little flippy things, the, the little Z clip thing. Z clip. <laughs> Z clip things that you have on yeah. the back of remote controls. The screen wash has one of them so that you can get to it and top it up. Okay. But the brake fluid's only got the, you know, on the other children's toys where you have to put the flatted screwdriver into it and give it a little twist to pop the cover off. Yeah. Has one of them. This isn't planning. So if I was to have one of these as a driving school car, I'd have to take that trim piece off and put it in the boot. Or put it in the frunk, which will half fill the frunk. <laughs> <laughs> this does not sound like a good choice, but oh well. So, I'm so going to wrap... one, but not for work. No, I'd buy one for work and put up with the problems. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have gone over time on this one. So, we are cutting into... It's okay. We are cutting into the time to talk about the car which has kind of split our opinions a little bit. So I'm going to say thank you to Louise for grilling me on the smart hashtag one, which if anybody wants to give me one, I'd be ever so grateful to receive it. Um, I'm going to say thank you to the listeners for listening, and we'll speak to you again very, very soon. Thank you for listening to the CCS Combo podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you'd like to find out more, you can visit rps-dm.co.uk forward slash ccs-convoy. CCS Convoy is an RPS-driven media production. All rights are reserved.